This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fans Podcast. Every year, right around this time in January, I ask if there are any Die Hard Duke basketball fans left, and here we are yet again. It's like a broken record. Usually, it comes after a uh, blowout loss in Raleigh to NC State, but this year it comes courtesy of Jeff Capel and the Pitt Panthers coming into Duke and shocking the world by shooting like the Golden State Warriors, just like uh, Georgia Tech did the game prior, but uh, somehow we were able to grit that one out. This one may have been because we were missing two of our starters, but there are a lot of overreactions that we're seeing, and we'll get into those. You know, that Duke, you know, even though that they were down two starters, they're filled with a bunch of five-star, you know, pace, so they should never lose, especially to a, the worst team in the ACC. We're going to get into all those overreactions, but we're also going to keep it real with you that there were a lot of problems with, with that game and the way that Duke played. Um, Pablo didn't want to be on this podcast to, to, to jump. You know, he already left. So <laughs> it's going to get, uh, it's gonna get uh, heated in here, but that's, that's our job. And I think that one thing that we did um, in our last podcast, I think it was just the three of us, right, Jack, you, me, and Pablo. So, um, you know, one thing we did was we kept brutally honest about, um, you know, the VJ Edgecombe recruiting situation. We, we told you what we heard all the way up until, and, and then things changed. We're not, we're, we're not going to do anything different here when it comes to the team. We, we told you how we felt. Uh, if we're wrong, we're wrong. But at the end of the day right now, it was a bad loss, whether you have your two starters or not. And give Capel and your boy him some credit. Like, he came out and hit some unbelievable shots. 7 of 70 came into the game in the last six prior, shooting 11 of 49 from three. And then, you know, goes prime Steph Curry on you. And, you know, what are you going to do? But at the end of the day, still, you had their chances. They didn't capitalize. A lot of stupid turnovers. And, you know, I thought they kind of forced some threes. But, you know, AC, um, you're, you're usually the, uh, the more level-headed one uh, <laughs> of the two of us. <laughs> um, you know, put your uh, you know, few colored glasses on and give us the uh, I did, you know, I put them on today. Yeah. I put the glasses on, I actually took my, my Duke gears off because I had to take it because the team played so bad. So, Duke gears got to go until we win another game. All that shit. My King Griffey Jr. bobblehead died, had this thing for 20 years. All right, that's gone. Bad fucking week. I hate sports right now. All sports, Eagles, law, everything's bad. Everything, everything on earth is bad. It's January. January sucks for sports. I hate January. January Here's our January loss, by the way, everybody. Like, we can get that cliche out of the way too. There's our January loss. Maybe there's probably one or two more that we don't expect. Damn, Jack, you already got the damn banner. <laughs> it's, it's so sad. No, I man, like, RP to the Eagles. So, RP, man. Dude, two starters out, and it's January. I don't care. I don't care. I, I truly don't care. This, there's nothing indicative about this game to me. There's nothing indicative about Kyle Filipowski. There's nothing indicative about Ryan Young. There's nothing that we don't know about this team already that wasn't exploited this last game with two of our better players out. Clearly, two very important players, by the way, that people have been shitting on all season, saying that we don't need or don't want or whatever else people have been saying. Like, Right? Like, I, I, Maybe I'm in the wrong here, but... I don't care. I don't care about this game. I truly don't. We lost it. Congratulations. Our seating's out the window, whatever. You know, everybody wants to talk about seating. I know we're going to get to that in a little bit, but I, I don't care. Truly, I don't care. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be obtuse about it. I just really don't care. Like, this is a blip. We, we've seen teams lose in January on the regular 
for Duke teams that have won titles and Duke teams that have not won titles. It doesn't matter. And there's nothing new in this game that was exploited that we didn't already know. Like, are we susceptible to dudes hitting crazy shots on us because we are their Super Bowl that season? Of course we are. Like, how do we count? How the hell do you counteract that? Because we were in their grill the entire game. Jalen Lowe was two for five from three. Not, not shitting on the kid. Kid played well. Like he, he hit shots when it mattered. Like that's the key, right? You hit you hit the shots when it matters. He was two for five from three, four for eleven from the floor. Like you know, but when it mattered, he hit his shots. Like Bub Carrington kept him in the game early. Henson obviously did his thing. The the Diaz brother only played thirteen minutes. But, you know, I've already seen on, on Twitter the breakdowns of how many times he's beaten us on the pick and roll this game, like pick and pop and pick and roll during this game in particular. And it was like three or four possessions. But when you lose by four points, three or four possessions clearly matters. So without Roach and without Mitchell, the only thing I learned in this game was that the margin of error is very slim for us. Like, eh, what else do you want, man? I don't know what else you want. Well, I mean, if you're not hitting, you're not hitting your threes and – you know, you got your Mark Mitchell, who we built this offense around. He's out. Jeremy Roach is out. So you can't just give the ball to him and just defer everything to him when you need it. Mm-hmm. You've got to hit your free throws. And I'm not saying Duke shot poorly from the free throw line, but you clean up some of those free throw misses. That's a different game. That game goes into overtime. We win by one. I mean, like AC can, said, can I we, really can we point can we point some can we point all right? Can I point one finger then? Can I can I put point one finger just because I think we expect more, we want more, and we need more if we're gonna be a title contender. Can we point a finger at Tyrese Proctor? Can we yeah, just point was, one finger at Tyrese getting, Proctor? I was getting there. Okay, continue. I was I was getting there. If you look at the box score, Duke shot a lot of threes, but mm-hmm. I mean you had I I just looked at uh Foster made three of five, McCain three of eight, and those were all in the second half, I believe. Somebody have to check me on that. Foster had a couple in the first, I believe. Proctor two for seven. Mm-hmm. I've been saying for a long time now, I don't need Proctor to score 30 a night, but in a game like this, dude, you've got to be a threat. You've got Can to be I a say- threat, and two for seven is not cutting it, and I'm. I, everybody has a bad game, right? But you got to be better. You've got to. You, you some of those have to fall. Some of those. Can, have to can I say not not thirty, not thirty? But can I say that maybe we do need Tyrese Proctor to score anywhere between fifteen and twenty a night the rest of the season for us to win a title? Can I say that? Like, yeah, no, you're, but that's because not we need crazy. it. We need it because that's the way the team evolved. Like when we were down to start the season and we weren't playing well, we evolved into a squad kind of like a John Calipari squad that relies on. It's not isolation. I don't want to call it isolation because that's not what it is. But it, it's it's individuals making plays off of good movement, good passing, things like that. Not just a guy who's going to just set everybody up and then stand around at three point line and hope that he gets the ball back to take a uh, take a good three. Because that's what Tyrese has been doing, and he's good enough on the handle, and he's tall enough, and he's got the length to be able to score at the rim. We saw it against Syracuse against their big guards, and we need more out of him. We truly need more out of him. So for all the shit he talks on the floor and some of the other yeah. stuff, we need more out of him. Yeah, and we, we talked about that in the last podcast, that we need more on Tyrese Proctor. And he kind of started the game out where he hit a couple threes. Right, we're like, oh, we're going to get the good. And then he just kind of out of nowhere at the first. And, you know, Completely. basically takes himself out of the game. And so I, I kind of like um, Dee's point there about it matters when you hit those free throws. And 
Pitt, you know, they send a guy that shoots 50% from the line. He goes up there and hits one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Lowe goes up there and he he's a 60% free throw shooter or whatever the hell it was. He Not goes and hits. Or a 60% free throw shooter, Caleb Foster, he misses. Or an 88% free throw shooter, Tyrese Potter, he misses. Mm-hmm. And so is when you hit those shots. We missed, I think, four or five and a threes in a row. I thought a couple of those were forced. I do want to give the ball to Jack here because, you know, I think a lot of us in this situation I started it off where, especially after a loss, you're emotional. You can get on to a little bit of a rant. Jack, I cared about that game because I know I'm never going to lose, and I think you're you're with me on that. Um, but yeah, give your spin on <clears throat> how you're feeling about this team and, and that game. <clears throat> I still feel good about this team. I think it's a setback, but I th- I – I'm just going to say I hope it's like a setback like the ones against Miami and State in 2015 as opposed to like losing to Pitt three years ago was. You know, like I'm hoping it's a setback where we're like, okay, we got this is like a group of guys that's really good and really has to prove that they're good together. Just kind of make the plays, make the run, go on a very long hot streak. But, you know, I think the team shot too much from outside. I I never in my life thought I would say that, but the shots were not falling, and they kept just settling for lazy threes until it was too late. I think that's a problem. I think Proctor, his play in the second half was a problem. It it kind of it reminded me of Cam Reddish against Carolina, the game at Carolina that year, where Cam Reddish was the leading scorer, for, I believe, for both teams at halftime, he was shooting five for 10 and he finished the game shooting six for 23. I say this as someone who loves cam. That was both cam reddishes that night that we got at Duke. I want to see more consistency from Tyrese. He's a captain. He's a leader. Yeah, sure. Duke's down a couple starters. I also want to point something out. Henson's like what? Six, seven. Mm -hmm. Why was Jared McCain guarding him all night? Well, you have two guards on the floor. But there were a couple of those like stupid shots where he just put the ball over Jared's mm-hmm. head. If you have Foster or Proctor, who were both on the court for the majority of the game, on Hinson there instead, yeah. they have a significantly better chance to get to Hinson. And look, credit to him. He had the game of his life. He shot seven of seven from three. The odds of that are astronomically low. Good mm-hmm. for him. The shots, the difficulty of the shots makes that even less probable. Good for him. He earned what he did. Um, and there were there were a lot of instances too where they switched and they they got a switch where McCain ended up having to switch on the hands and just Cable yes. drew up some stuff to be able to get him into mismatches. We we have like Pablo pointed this out in our group chat. I wanted to make sure he gets a shout out tonight on here. We do have small guards. And when you have teams with these, you know, six, seven, six, eight shooters, that's going to be a problem. That's one of I think that's one of our red yes. flags, honestly. But like, again, like because because that it, the red the reason it's a red flag is because it's Duke when the adrenaline's flowing and you play Duke, you play the game of your life. But can it, maybe if the, if there's a positive on this, I think I think, and I'm probably wrong, and I'm sure you guys will disagree. I think this is the start of the, especially because of how bad Ryan played against a team like this. I think this is the start of Sean Stewart getting positive minutes. In my opinion. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Sean Stewart who like gave got Duke back into the game. His plus plus minus regardless came in the game. He came in the game and got blown by right off the bat, and 
completely devastated on defense because he was way out of position and everything else. And then he recovered. That's what I like to see. He recovered. He played yeah. 11 minutes. TJ Power, Power played four. And the reason I picked Sean Stewart over Power is because Power is a shooter. And that's what he does. And we have that on the floor already. What we don't have is someone who can be athletic, who is 6'9", and who can offer other post-defensive help, which is another point of contention for the squad, clearly. So I mean, that's the reason I picked Sean yeah. Stewart and I picked him before. And I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm sure he'll never play another minute at Duke again. However, they were I, down, I really no, do no, think no, that this he's, is the he's evolution. Of, this isn't an issue. They were if this, down if this 12 team's evolve, when they came in. Like, if, they, if we're going to see another adaptation to this team, the only other adaptation we have outside of Tyrese scoring is Sean Stewart developing into some kind of a, a post defender. That's it. That's That's the only other thing that we have. We really don't have anything else we can do to make this team better for March, in my opinion. I mean, defensively, I mean, defensively, sorry, Jack, like defensively, I I, I thought that was the one thing that we can figure out. Teams, I know you guys are going to do a coach's corner and and break this down, but teams pick and roll us to death. We've been talking Mm -hmm. about it for weeks. Georgia Tech exploited it. Arizona exploited Mm it. Um, Arkansas exploited it. Jeff Cable exploited it to an extent, although I don't think it was as much as a lot of people were actually thinking. It really wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, right. but but those are things that, from a actually, you know, coaching perspective, in game changing the game plan up, those are things that I think can elevate or decrease the ceiling for Duke. Mm-hmm. And right now, I, I just don't know which way that's going to go. I mean, we have well, I think we found the solution for it briefly when with Mark Mitchell, and then against Georgia Tech again, it looked like there was a setback because Georgia Tech taking right. rolls to death again, the same way they did down in but Atlanta. Without Mark. Yeah, that's what Mark wasn't playing. So, and that—that's where that is why I say I think that Sean Stewart, with his athletic ability to be able to reach over top, to be able to defend those passes that go over top of the heads and things like that, and and his ability to recover on that backside when the pick and roll action does happen, because that's the action that we created with Mark Mitchell was his recovery on the back half. I, I think that Sean can do that, and I think that that's the next step, and that's the next that's the next evolution. If this team is going to evolve, that's the next evolution. If they're not going to evolve, then he won't play anymore. So be it. Like, and then he'll go transfer to Ole Miss. Whatever. Like, but like, I, I really do think that's the next evolution, and I, I, I think with his ability and everything else, I, I, I think he's forcing John's hand. I really do. I think he's forcing John's hand to, well, we to make it happen earlier than John might just... want it to happen. Because I'm not saying John doesn't want it to happen either. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen or that John doesn't want it to happen or He's a bad practice player because that's all lazy shit. I am saying that he's shown the ability to do it. And now I think with where this team is at the moment, I, I think it, it's a clear and obvious weakness. I, I really quickly just want to say one last thing about the about this. I, I don't want to hear any disrespect from Mark Mitchell again this season. These last two games have shown his importance to this team. Didn't we say that a couple of ago? Amen. Did you say he's the one person we can't survive a bad game from anymore? Amen. This isn't a bad game. This is no game. He can have bad games and still be a a positive impact, like defensive impact. This is him not being there. And I don't want to hear a bad thing about him, especially on the defensive end of the ball again this season. My goodness. No, Ryan. It's back to Ryan Young, actually. Um, you know, the, the hate uh, from that time. We love Ryan. Well, I'll say this about Ryan. That some of those calls I, I don't think were travels. I think refs are so used to calling a travel on him in the ACC that when he does double pump, they, oh, he traveled. No, mm-hmm. Ryan played decent. No, he didn't He didn't blow the, the lid off the score scoring table or anything. But 
he came in there and he did his job. And that's why they didn't kill us on the pick and roll, TK, to be quite honest with you. He did great switching. He did great staying at home and guarding the rim. I mean, he did the best he could. He's Ryan right. Young. We he's know what we're getting from Ryan Young. Right. But the two yeah. plays people can point out were a fast break where he was by himself, which he's not going to succeed in that situation. Nope. And one pick and roll that people continue to just harp and preach on, like, this is why Ryan Young can't be in the game. Dude, does one play. Yeah. One play happens to everybody every game. Like, it's yeah. fine. He played like, over 25 minutes in that game. That's the biggest problem. That's the biggest problem. That, that to me is the yes, I agree. And but and it, it, and it ha- but it had to happen because Mark's not there because yeah, 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 yeah. the only reason he's he played roster, like people are freaking right. out. That's the only reason he played 26 right. minutes. Right. But go ahead, B. Oh, I was just saying right. Caleb Foster had a great game. Caleb Foster played great. Look at I mean, he filled up the stat sheet. That was Caleb Foster's best game, in my opinion. Best complete game. I, I I'm sure he scored more points this season, but he, he played End zone or 16, 6, and 5, right? Uh, yes, and he only like had that. one yeah. turnover. Only had one That's turnover. good. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, he put six assists. I mean, he, he did he did his thing. So uh, if Proctor can just get to the rim without fading away, and, and there's no reason for him to try to fade away with his six, seven wingspan, like just go up strong. You have an elite layup package. You get to the line. I mean – well, that's the thing is that we talked about that is that he's just being uh, indecisive. He He's not going up with any sort of plan. He's just kind of getting into the lane and then be like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Um, mm-hmm. But to, to the point of <clears throat> Sean Stewart real quick is I think that if he can continue to evolve as a defender, one thing that I think Ryan Young does better than any big that we have is hedging out on those uh, you know, high ball screens. And if, mm-hmm. if, if Sean Stewart can learn that from Ryan Young. He has yep. the ability to get back. You know, uh, there were a couple threes that Ryan Young just wasn't quick enough and doesn't have the hops yep. <laughs> athletically to be able Seriously, to contest no, the shots. But you can't do that against Sean Stewart. Right, so right. He, I'm not asking him to, to have the IQ at this level, you know, as a six-year Ryan Young, but your athleticism can make up for a lot of that. And so, you know, coming into the – Coming into that game, you knew Mark Mitchell wasn't going to play, and you just kind of felt like, okay, this is an opportunity. Your, your number is going to be called. Can mm-hmm. you force the hand of the coaches? The guy got over ten minutes. It's more than you can say. I mean, this is, I was a tight game the entire game, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like some blowout eleven minutes. There were big right. minutes. Yeah. So, and and the high hard hedge, that high hard hedge is <laughs> what we started to do to counteract the pick and roll actions that we had been seeing after. That lost the first loss to Georgia, not the Georgia first loss, the only yeah. loss to Georgia Tech, but the loss to Georgia Tech. We went to the high hard hedge, and Mark Mitchell was the cleanup man in the back. And I think that cleanup man in the back actually is going to be where Sean Stewart is because that's the that's the easier place to play, quite honestly, because all you have to do is react. Yeah. Whereas up top, that he's been putting flip up top because of flip seven foot frame and being able to to kind of disrupt the passing from the guards and everything up top. Keep flip up top on that high hedge, perfect. That's fine. That keeps him away from the basket and foul trouble. And then you got Sean Stewart on that back line reacting to whatever whoever's coming over. He all he has to do is watch baseline left or baseline right, and he's got to watch that middle lane from the free throw line. That's it. And and I think that's easier to do as a freshman than to have to play the high hedge. That's a difficult task. Something that Pitt did well that Duke didn't is when they forced a turnover, they capitalized on said turnover. They turned Mm -hmm. it into points. I would love to see the stat on Duke's turnover 
like forced turnovers to point ratio because I promise you it's not great. Duke turned them over eleven times and I don't think they scored three points. Well, off. dude, there was a segment, I mean, and this is one. This is one of the. This is another hidden red flag for me is the the running. We don't run nearly they, as much as we need to. There was a segment. We had four possessions in a row to, towards the end of the game. Once we had the lead, yeah, that we could have run off of turnovers or or the long defensive rebounds. And John is on the sideline waving his arms saying, go, go. I, and, I said the words the go so many back. times that night. And the guards pull back and I'm or or settle for or for a transition three. Right. Like I, I get the transition three trying trying to get the crowd in the game and, and get three points on trans. I understand that, man. But you win games. Look, you, you win games with free throws. You win games with defense. You win games with a bunch of things. But in a tight game like that, easy twos is the easiest way to stretch a lead. You're also you get easy already- twos wherever you possibly can. We were in the double bonus at the under sixteen timeout, almost. and we never took advantage. You know, and we never took advantage. Never. That was the same thing that we. And that's still what had, like, We got to stop shooting the threes. Free throw attempts. We still right. almost had thirty free throw attempts. Right, and, and, and that, we didn't that, take advantage that, of it as we that, could have. I thought we kind of, uh, for a lack of a better term, I thought we kind of choked in that little segment there. Mm-hmm. We started settling and kind of freaking out and, and 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 shooting threes where there was still enough time. You know, it's three minutes in the go. You're only down three. You're down five. Maybe down seven, and you continue to attack the basket. They haven't attack, been able man. to. We had they haven't been able to uh, uh, stop it all night. McCain was effective attacking the run. Foster was effective. Uh, you know, Flip was. Uh, Jared McCain uh, hit a layup sideways. By the way, I just want to point. Yeah, out. yeah, he was, <laughs> <laughs> he was so the effective in the paint. That was incredible. Wasn't his best game? That was that was crazy. I, also, I want to point out the offensive glass. Thirty percent of all rebounds off of Pitt misses went back to Pitt. Nine of thirty. Well, a lot of those. It's were, not cool. A lot, of, a lot of those were long rebounds too, and and those sure. those just and and they were late, you know, shot clock, you know, threes, and they got the long rebound, and those are killers. Like those they are killers. Are, I think this team can survive. The box out. That's the big issue. The boxing out was not there. The effort wasn't there. Yeah. This team can survive those. This team can survive those rebounds. I don't. You can't survive the rebounds and the threes and not scoring in transitions and too the much turnovers and the free throw misses. You can't survive all those things. Like you know what I mean. So like at this point, we're picking which one are you going to? Which one are you going to actually fix? I don't know that we're going to fix the rebounding issue, but we've won with teams in the past that couldn't rebound either. Like it, you got to be opportunistic with what you do. Like it's it's about opportunity, man, and. This team did not, and this is why John apologized after the game, was because the hustle wasn't there in certain moments. The the running the floor was not there in certain moments. Like that's that's the thing that didn't happen that we should have done. And and I think that's the stuff that's gonna get pointed out in video for them this week. That was the one thing I loved about Shire's comment. It was the first time I think publicly you ever heard essentially him calling his team out. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it was justified. D, yeah. I don't know like how you felt, but like, I, I thought there was a lack of, of grit for from that team. Absolutely. And we talked about this a few times uh, on the podcast before. Like, he's not the Coach K type to grab you by your jersey, but he's got to find some sort of way to motivate these guys, and good coaches will find a way to motivate them. And if calling them out on social media or in front of the media or whatever you want to call it, if that's the way to do it, then then do it. Because – and dear- we don't need him to be Dan Hurley, by the way. N- no, but you've you seen know that I'm shit saying. on Twitter. That dude's a no, fucking no. lunatic. We don't need him to be Dan Hurley. <laughs> if if you're, it, it comes down to the players that have to make the plays that the coach is running and calling and and prepping them for. 
and you got to look in the mirror and say, how bad do I want to do this, man? Like, mm -hmm. what, what do I want to sacrifice? What do I want to sacrifice to get to, to early April and play in an elite eight final four championship type situation? I mean, yep. yeah. it, <clears throat> that team against Pitt, they didn't want to. No, they didn't. I, I thought the only guy that really did was Ryan Young, like the guy, you know, throwing uh, Jeremy King too. But like throwing, I'm talking about throwing your body, like throwing your body. That dive when he went for that, that ball, that was like dude. a classic Cameron would have erupted after that. You know what I mean? And and I heard a couple of Ryan Young shares and wasn't real um, in sync. Like he's kind of a tough name to like. Yeah, we can't. We can't rely on the crazies to be um, crazies anymore. No, by the way. Um, <laughs> <just> but, <laughs> another red flag. Yeah, that's definitely a red flag, that's for sure. They're not going to um, be there in March anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, probably a perfect segue to uh, to our overreaction segment. We um, we haven't done an overreaction uh, this year, so it's probably a really good time to do it when uh, the fan base is at each other's throats. Excellent so, overreaction. The first one I wanted to bring off is the long red, and I've actually thought about, and I think I'm going to know most of these answers. And I'll never want to respond, but we can throw it up anyway. Number one, is this an overreaction or is it justified that Proctor should be coming off the bench once on a team is on full strike? Man, I don't know. I don't know what I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. Gotta I'll, say start it. I'll do it. It's look, if if we're not gonna get if we're not going to get the Tyrese that we want and that I say we need because it's a red flag or whatever, because this team has evolved into a team that the guards take over the scoring mantle, then Caleb Foster's next man up for that. And Caleb is absolutely capable. It's not like we're like, we're not relying on Jalen Blakes to do it. That's the beauty of this team. Like another, another just bonus overreaction I saw was that we don't have depth. We do have depth at the guard position because we have Jeremy Roach. We have, we have Tyrese Proctor. We have we do Caleb have Foster. We have Jerry McCain. Like right. we, we got plenty of dudes that can score the ball from the perimeter. We're okay there. Believe me, we're fine. But yeah, if, if Tyrese is not going to, if he's not going to play that role of attacker, then yeah, he's got to come off the bench. Maybe he still gets 15, 20 minutes a game. If he comes off the bench, maybe he gets more. Like who knows? Like whatever. But to, in order for this team to start quickly, Caleb Foster on the floor scoring is right now is a better option than Tyrese Proctor throwing the ball around the perimeter. Like it just is, it just is. I'm sorry. It just is. Yeah. Jack, Jack, where are you on this uh, debate here? Um, I'm, I'm not ready to, to say any, I I'm not ready to say an answer. Cause I don't know if there is a right answer to that one. Um, not yet. It's, it's, not, a, think, it's not an overreaction then. I don't think it's an overreaction. I, I don't know if it's an overreaction. I think, I mean, I think last year, Pete, around this time, people were saying the same thing about Derek Lively, and he very quickly proved that to be an overreaction. Mm -hmm. So and, I and think... Come around. Yeah, I think he's coming off a really not great injury. He's clearly not 100% yet. I think give him time. Yeah, if that means coming off the bench, then it's not an overreaction, but I, I'm not ready to make a, a solid assessment really on that one yet. We're gonna see how we're gonna see how tough Duke is now, because yes. last last year they got punched in the mouth by Pitt. They came back. They were a different team at the end of the at the end of the year. I think we can all admit that. They got punched in the mouth this year by Pitt. Let's see. Let let's let's see what they look like in Louisville. 
Let's see what they look like when Roach and Mitchell are healthy. I'm assuming, I mean, I haven't heard any crazy news. We haven't heard any crazy news about Mark. I don't think it's season ending. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's that long term. I expect both of them to be back before Carolina game next Saturday. Um, John said they both been practicing today. Mm -hmm. He said they were hoping to practice, right? I mean, I I thought he said they had been. I I was expecting Roach to play against Pitt, to be quite honest with you. I was kind of surprised he didn't. But, like, you know, better safe than sorry situation, I guess. I I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're sitting here talking about Duke and Pitt, like Pitt beat them by 40. We're we're talking about four points, a a couple bounces of the ball here or there, a couple different whistles here or there. Duke might win by four. I mean, you know, so – and we already beat the shit out of them earlier at their house. Like, yeah, I, I, it's not like so it's they, like we can't beat. So they team. came in with a, a chip on your shoulder, right? <laughs> sure. And I guarantee it's you, difficult. I guarantee you, Capel said, "Don't make me look stupid out here again." This is D one basketball. It's difficult. It's hard to go play a team that you showed them your playbook a little bit and then come back and just beat the hell out of them again. That's not easy, man. A week later, a week later. Yeah. So I, I mean, you see I, an NBA all the time with series games. Like the Warriors will lose a game by twenty because that's just what happens. Like in the series against a team they should demolish by 20, which they do on a regular basis. It's just It is what it is, man. Like, teams are too good. Players are too good. They react and they adapt. Like, And their ad- adaptation was to never miss a shot when it mattered. Like, that was their adaptation. Like, that's what it took. Pretty good adaptation. But that's AC, what it took, and that's you're... what you're going to see in March. That's why teams lose in March on a regular basis, because you have a team that just plays out of their mind. It, Shout out, Furman. I think year. you're right. I think you're right about the the question that TK asked in the beginning. Yeah, I, I think Proctor is better served coming off the bench right now. Right now, sure. First man up. If you're if you're not going to be able to attack the rim and and split a double uh, a double team and and dish it in the paint, then then yeah, you're, you you're going to have to come off the bench, and that's not any that's not bad. Right. What more motivation do you need to hurt a dude's pockets? Like the dude was he was an anointed top ten pick, and now he's he was 40 he's falling out of the, yeah. Week. By yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Jiminy, like 45, 45th ranked prospect in the NBA draft. Like, what? <laughs> he was top 10 all summer. Like, yeah. come on, yeah, man. That, that happens. And, you know, I, I think that the argument for not moving him to the bench is that you take his confidence. And, you know, if you're set, and the other part of that is if you're setting up for the rest of the year, knowing that that is supposed to be still your guy. You're saying, hey, you're still my guy. I know you haven't played with it or played like it, and and that you're, um, you know, you're you're coming off an injury and you're you're fighting through some things, but you're still our guy. We're still going to trust you, and we know we've seen you do it before because you did it last year. Where hey, we're gonna we're gonna stand behind you on this one, and we're just gonna run a play. I personally think he should come off the bench though. Uh, that mm-hmm. that because I think that what you're doing here is saying, hey, Foster, as great as you're playing right now. You're still gonna sit behind Kayla Foster or um, Tyrese Proctor, which mm-hmm. I honestly I could go either way. My gut tells me you start Kayla Foster and you let Tyrese kind of work his way back. You know, I, I would have done that. Wojo, I would have done that Wojo senior year when William Avery was playing better and he mm-hmm. was clearly the future. But you know that was Nolan Smith over Greg Paulus, all those things. Like there's, there's so many of examples where it should have happened. And I just think that how many times do you have to see it? To um, be like, you know what? And I'm not saying this is apples to apples. You know, no, but here's 
here here's here's the long and short of it though, right? Schematically, it makes more sense for Caleb Foster to come off the bench because correct, it gives you a bench scoring option, which right now we don't have a lot of. Like you have your five starters, most of those guys are our scorers, and then whoever comes off the bench might might score. Caleb Foster off the bench is a guaranteed scorer off the bench. Tyrese Proctor starting at least has the the cushion of Jeremy Roach and Jared McCain on the perimeter right. with him if he's not going to do what he needs to do. So I, I absolutely see that point to it. Um, I guess the only thing I'll say is, like, what I get the the biggest thing like confidence be damned. Like, it, coaches have these conversations with these players all the time. So if we see Tyrese go to the bench in January, I don't think. I don't know that that's going to be a sticking point. I don't. I don't think that happens the rest of the season. I think because coaches have these conversations all the time in their office with these players. I'm putting you on the bench right now. You're going to get 20 minutes a night for the next three games. In those three games, if you can hit these milestones, this many points, this many assists, this field goal percentage, whatever else, you're back in the starting lineup. So that's why it doesn't hold. Like moving a kid to a bench doesn't totally kill their confidence because these coaches have these honest conversations with these guys with the promise of. You will be back in your role if you can do what I need you to fucking do. So if Tyrese can do that, then hats off. And, and yeah, put him on the bench for a second to let him marinate on the sideline, come in on that second segment, and then work with work against somebody else's second best defender because their guy is out of the game on that segment. Like, Because you know, at that point in the season, you know when their best defender is going to sit down. You know their nuances and all that. And so that that's how you play the chess game. Like you play the chess game when you put him in on a different matchup. You put him in against somebody else so that he can build his confidence back up on the court so he's not playing their best player. Like so sometimes that's the road you go. So if that's what it takes to get him back in line, cool. All right. So let's get let's get to this uh, second overreaction and that is one that these kind of already brought up. So I'll I'll go to go to you on this one first. This team doesn't have grit or fight. Is that an overreaction or is that justified? Mm. If you have to think about it, it's not an overreaction. Uh, I that's a little bit of an overreaction, I think. Um, we're we're talking about a team, fairly young team. I mean, even though we brought four guys who who led the team in scoring back, with, without your lead dog Roach on the on the court, you know leaders lead by example without him being there. I I'm not ready to say that. No, they're not tough. Um, that that's a hard nosed basketball team. The, before Roach got hurt, before Mitchell got hurt, we were sitting here saying, wow, only five turnovers. Look at the defense. Look at, look at the rebounding margin that, that we just put against Pitt when we won. I mean, like, I'm not ready to say that they're not tough. I'm not ready to say that they don't have grit. Were they sloppy and, and I'm going to use this word super loosely. Were they lazy last Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. But so was my kid's basketball team. I mean, so, no, I'm not ready to say that they're not tough. I, I, I That is a, a gross overreaction. Uh, gross overreaction after that. Okay. Um, Jack, I'll give you the next word on that. This is a team that's clawed back from multiple double-digit deficits during games this season, if, even if they haven't won all of those games. Like, they made the Arkansas game competitive when it really wasn't. Like, it really shouldn't have been toward the end. The Georgia Tech game? Duke came back and held multiple leads after being down, what was it, like 15-2 to to start the game? Yep. 
was Pitkin. They started down nine to two or something. Came back and took multiple leads. This team has fight. It might not show in the final result when you don't have an incredibly important player, such as Proctor against Georgia Tech or Roach and Mitchell against Pitt. Especially with Roach as the closer, that's the guy they needed the most, and he was not able to suit up. That that's that. But the team has fight. The team, I, I, I'm gonna agree with D here. This is a gross overreaction. This team has fight, and just because your most important defensive player, especially when it comes to handling physicality, and your closer aren't playing, that's a bad game. Okay, the team can still fight. The team still fought. Really hard. I'm not going to take anyone calling them soft. They're not. Agreed. Easy. We didn't have 59.8 minutes on the floor. It's a big deal. John was probably like, take your time. We can rest this segment. There's lots of things coaches say and do to these players, and, and they take it literally because they're like, I'm fucking tired. We practiced all week. I am tired. No, they're not soft. It's a January game. If it was March, I guarantee you they would have played harder in certain places and segments. I can promise you that. Like, we're we're like our memory only exists in March, and I'm so sick of that. Like, this is January. Just like I started this whole show, I don't care. I don't care. Like, right, thank you, Ryan Young, for diving for a ball in January. I don't care. Like, it was awesome to see. I don't care. I don't care. Like, because you have certain players that are Ryan Young is the dive on the ball player. Jalen Blake is the dive on the floor player. You know what I mean? Like. In March, wait, you know, AC, do you care? I don't. I, I don't care. I, like, fuck. I don't. I truly don't. Like, I don't. Like, I do. I don't. I, I don't want Kyle Filipowski diving for balls on the floor because the dude's gonna get a concussion doing so, and he's our best player. I don't need Jeremy Roach diving around everywhere because I need him to score points at the end of the games for me. So anybody who's like, oh, I need all these guys diving on the floor and falling in the stands, shut up, shut up. You're stupid if you want your main players to do that. You're dumb. It's your idiot. You're dumb. If you want your best player diving into fucking seats in a stadium, you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I'll say this also. That's a very good point. If it was March, if it was March, Roach would have played. I would almost bet a picture. I'm sure they would have played harder. This team's like, what's our definition of soft? Like, shut up. Like, stop. Stop it. Stop it. I think the uh, the amount of times that we've said soft or hard here, um, Pablo would have his head would be spinning. His head's exploding. Um, right he's not here, so um, I think. Going crazy. There we go. Uh, there we go. Um, I think that there is a lot of credence to, uh, obviously, that it is an overreaction. I do think that there are areas though where this team can become tougher. To me, it is not starting the game slow and letting teams that are clearly inferior to you get out to, you know, double-digit leagues or, you know, 13-2 runs, 9-2 runs. It happens in the first half. It happens in the second half. It's not every game, but I feel like one thing that we've kind of been harping on is if you want to be that team, I came back for a reason. I came back for a reason also. Like those three sophomores, they came back for a reason. Mm -hmm. That's what they kept telling us. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen them say, you know what, we're going to show you exactly why we came back and just say we're going to go out there and dominate. And we haven't seen that performance. And I think that's a, a certain mental toughness. I think people get in this, you know, it's a physical thing. They have to be diving all over the floor and they have to be, you know, yelling at each other and slapping the floor after every, you know, 
big defensive possession. No, a lot of it is mental. It's, it's you know, I'm down five or six. There's still three minutes left. I'm not going to, you know, rush up a three. I'm not mm-hmm. going to, you know, settle and, you know, panic. That, that, or the three that you take, you rely on what you've done shot after shot after shot. Right. You let you let your body take over all those. You saw it in that clip that Duke put up. Everybody's taking coach's corner, by the way. You saw it in that clip that Duke put up where they had John, got John Shire on the on the sideline yeah. on the flip to go make a play. That's mental toughness. That yes. is mental toughness. That is flip flip the switch. No pun intended for sure. And then you know made a great pass to Tyree Proctor, who also was mentally tough and hitting the shot that he hit. Like that's men- that is the epitome of mental toughness. Like that that is Coach K. That, that is Coach K in the national championship clearing yep. it out and then telling Grayson Allen to go to the hoop. Absolutely. We are it. we have that ability. Yes. Like and I don't think, I say I we don't have that ability. We have that ability. This this one Pittsburgh loss doesn't tell me we don't have that ability. It doesn't. Yeah, no, I'm the not the team everybody I'm loves and says that Justin Robinson would have won us the title, which I say the same thing. Everybody was like, Oh, we lost we lost to Stephen F. Austin at home, and we weren't right. tough and we couldn't we right. can't win now. We're a first weekend team. Right. It, and then it, Justin it Robinson is. comes around. Everybody's like, "Oh, now we're a national championship contender." We can't. I'm not, I'm not going to ride the roller coaster. Man. I hate roller coasters anyway. I'm not riding the roller coaster. Yeah, you're not a roller coaster that, guy. That team. That team was ranked, I think, fourth at when the regular season ended. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. They lost to Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. Okay. Stephen F. Austin was probably going to win their conference tournament. Yeah. Who cares? It was Stephen. That. that we paid like nine hundred thousand dollars to lose that game. Yeah, and they were ranked fourth in the country at the end of the regular season. It's you don't want to hear anything about this team doesn't have it because they lost to a team toward the bottom of the ACC. The twenty eighteen Duke team that was a floater that should have gone in, rimming out at the buzzer from a Final Four, lost to Boston College to start the ACC season. I don't know what people want to prove. We've only won five championships in the history of our program. Horrible percentage, by the way, for the analytics fans. Terrible. Yeah. Fire the program. Like only five. So I don't. I don't know what people want. It's a one and done tournament. Like all you, all the only thing you can possibly do is erase as many red flags that you have. And I think we have the ability to erase some of those red flags. Well, I mean that's a good segue, AC, to my last overreaction. And that is that this team is no longer a title contender. And, you know, based on what you said here, which uh, is there, you seem to think that that's an overreaction. Huge overreaction. Enormous overreaction. I'll say it into the mic. And if you're saying that, then you're being lazy. It's, it's you, you just want to be right, because if you bet the field every year, you win. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, right. good for you for, for, for not sticking your neck out somewhere. Like, yes. Chances of Duke winning a title this year slim to none, just like everybody else, just like Kansas, just like Pitt. Kansas just lost at home. Nobody's saying shit about them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, shut up. I don't care. Like, what are our red flags? What what's gonna knock us out of the tournament right now? A team that clearly a team that pick and rolls, not having Mark Mitchell play a game, uh shooting So the, the same thing as last year. Right, the shooting the best that you've ever shot in your entire mm-hmm. life. Although yeah. last year it was against a, a tough Tennessee team who manhandled us. I don't see that as a problem this year. Last year, we we picked that out in, in our podcast. We picked out a team that can manhandle us is going to be a problem because we were young. They were 18-year-olds playing on the court. That's difficult to do. And But it took a dude actually assaulting people to, to win a game for them. Like that That's what it took. It, it wasn't even just tough physical basketball. It was, the guy was assaulting people on the basketball court. Right. He did it 
in, in a legal space. Congratulations. It's uh, this team is not going to fall to that because they're they're older, they're stronger, they're bigger. It's not going to be as much of a problem. Pick and roll action has been an issue, but we had a solution to that, which was the hedging. That's why I picked Sean Stewart as an evolution for the squad because he helps Mark Mitchell when Mark's not available or when Mark's on the bench or whatever else, where that's not going to be as much of a problem for us. Guys shooting out of their minds, you can't rely on that because it happens sometimes. Like that's that that's not an intangible. Like shooting like that is not an intangible. I'm sorry, it's not. So I'm not worried about that. If it happens, it happens, and and you're out of the tournament, and so be it. Like that's 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 the card you got held, dealt that season. So I, I think our biggest issue right now is pick and roll defense. It's not post defense. It's pick and roll defense. And I think if that gets cleaned up, and I think if we can find some more just some substantial scoring when we need it you don't need to have it from tip to finish no pause then that's how it goes like in in big moments can Tyrese get a shot can Roach get a shot can McCain hit a shot can somebody get us to the basket can somebody get on the line those are big deals man yeah DJ head here um I I think you you're with him on that action overreaction that yeah absolutely wild overreaction i mean duke could beat anybody in the country when they had mark mitchell and roach healthy like the pit game that they won let's just use that as an example because that well no let's not even use that as an example because everybody shot out of their mind crazy good but just the the toughness that duke shows with mark and flip and proctor Roach, Foster, and McCain knocking down shots on the three. No, there's no way that they're not a contender. Let this team get healthy. Let this team just gel together. It's January, folks. It's January. We're not even halfway through the first half of the ACC schedule. Let's just relax and let Duke play. Because I promise you, they're going to be there at the end. And everybody's going to be like, oh, here we are. I told you so. Like, no, you're not. No, you didn't. You didn't. I got receipts. You didn't yeah. tell us. So. <laughs> Nobody told us. That, by the way, there's like three of you out there. Oh, Jack, go ahead, Jack. When was the last time that the best team was the team that won the championship? I know the answer. Do you guys know the answer? 2015. I was going to say 2015. I was going to say 2012. Mm-hmm. I was about to say because 15, we were we were ranked third or fourth going into. The I know where we were ranked. We were the best team in the country, though. We were still the best team. I, okay. I think Duke was the most Kentucky talented. <laughs> Kentucky Kentucky was undefeated going in. Kentucky lost one game. It was a crazy game. Mm-hmm. I I would, I would honestly would put Kentucky at one and Duke at two that year. But Duke won the championship, so Kentucky can't say anything. Mm-hmm. 2012 Kentucky lost two games. 2012 Kentucky has the most wins in a 40-game season in the history of college basketball. That's the last time that the undisputed best team won the national championship. So you cannot tell me that Duke is not a contender when Duke is a top 10 team in the country. Absolutely. Top top 15 right now. I think talent-wise, they're top 10. They lost down two starters. Okay. Bring those two starters back. Duke's going to be way in a way better spot. They're not going to be outside the top 10 much longer. This is a contender. The thing Absolutely. that people forget is that nine and ten, the ninth and tenth best, uh, ninth and tenth best teams in the country are three seeds. Mm-hmm. 
Duke's probably looking at a three or a four right now. That's still a contender. UConn was a four last year, weren't they? Yeah, UConn way, also was three and loss. six in the month of January. Game of Clyde yeah. loss, by the way, for people who like that stuff. <laughs> that, that's John playing chestnut checkers. He lost that game on purpose, so they become quad one. Good job, John. It's true. It is a, it's a quad and we got a quad one, one yeah. win on the road. Chestnut checkers, baby. It's going to be such a good loss at the end of the year. <laughs> I love the seating conversation, by the way, Jack. I love the seating nah, conversation. I'm, I'm just trying to make a point. UConn was the most dominant team in the country last year in March and April. Like, not even just tournament time. March and April. Yeah. Like, they, the they, entire they were, month of March. UConn went 3-6 and six in January of 2023. Mm-hmm. So, no. Everybody who I, wants I, to have the seating conversation, by the way, when the J.J. Reddick squad in 06 when they lost to LSU they had the number one second seed in their region for some reason they had the number one four seed in their region they had the number one eight seed in their region it doesn't matter man the committee's gonna put who they put wherever they want to put them for ratings bro it doesn't matter like yes the, the NET gets you a number and that's it like at that point all bets are off because it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter they got to win Who six lost last in a year row. to a 16 seed. UVA lost to a 16 seed. Something that all the everybody everybody said was never going to happen, like ever. That, that now it's happened twice impossible. in five years, yeah, yeah. six right. years, whatever it was. And that's what I'm talking about. This is the direction that college basketball is headed right now. Parody, anybody, parody, can parody. anybody can make a final four. So just, to sit here one. and say that Duke can't win a title is asinine like the, the and you're just part, trying to be right all you want to do is be right that's all right. so just just say you want to be right and that's cool and and i i will yep cool good job i know what kind of conversation we're gonna have all you want all you got to say is you want to be right yeah I, I think we've had that conversation a number of times where we get into this position where you'd rather be right and have your team lose than you know yeah. be wrong and, and have your team succeed because at the end of the day you're, you claim to be a fan like then you want your team to win it's okay to point out certain, you know, things about your team that you'd like to see improved, which we've done. And Spoiler still, alert, I'm not going to pick Duke to lose a game this season. Just want you to know that. What about Virginia Tech? I never do that. I never do that. I never thought Duke So when we do the uh, preview for Virginia Tech next week. I won't about, pick Duke to lose. Uh-huh. I certainly <laughs> won't pick Duke to lose. Uh, I have... I have thought Duke was going to lose one game in my entire life. It was the 2016 game at the Dean Dome. They won. I thought it's the they, only time I've ever thought Duke was going to lose. I thought that they would lose games. I thought that they'd lose games. Sometimes I picked them to lose games so that they will win those games. I do whatever it takes. Um, you know psychologically from that standpoint. But, you know, the thing is about this new team, I think that they have showed in certain positions where um, I, look, I look at, like, the uh, Syracuse first half. Whoa! Welcome. Perfect on You see me? Not no, yet. We can't. We see the court. Nope. Oh, I, saw Blake, I saw Blake Henson standing up on the uh, the stands over there. That's awesome. I- Oh, we ain't even gonna get into that. No, I want to talk no, about that. So let me just uh, recap what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say, and then we'll get Pablo's thoughts on it real quick, and then we'll go to the Louisville, um, you know, preview. But Pablo, uh, I'm gonna finish off the segment, and I'm gonna get your your thoughts on it. Is 
we're talking about overreactions right now that this team is not a title contender. So that's the subject. And so I'm going to say my piece Excuse and then I'll let, you, I'll let you get to it. Obviously, I already know where you're going with that. Um, there are a couple of things that tell me that this team, while right now I don't think that they're playing at a top 10 level, you know, top 10 level, I do think that they've shown certain times throughout this season so far that make me believe that they are a title contender. One of them was the first half of that Syracuse game, where not a whole lot was going right, but you had such a uh, dominant performance by a guy, Mark Mitchell, that had 18 or whatever in the first half, kept keeping his team in until his team caught up to his level of play, and then we kind of took over in the second half. The second one is the Georgia Tech second half at home, where not, not a whole lot's going right, but you just find a way to win. The other one is the entire Arizona game where I didn't think we played well. That was Mark's first game. And we're playing a top five, top ten team and basically our first real game of the year. And and we hung there. I know we were playing at home. But we, we showed that there's not a team in the country that's going to out-talent us. And we were still trying to figure out who we are. So, while well, yeah, the loss sucks. And, yeah, we're going to lose some more games. Just putting that out there. We're going to lose more games. But... And if we have our entire roster, I just can't get over what we thought coming into this year, which is if we figure it all out, maybe Proctor goes back to the bench, maybe he comes back. Who the hell knows? But I know that we have a tremendously high ceiling. So for all those reasons, yeah, I'm sticking with this team being a title contender. And then I'll hand the baton over to the fashionably late Coach P. <laughs> Give us your thoughts on that. Um, so at the end of the day, man, like I, I don't give a fuck how they playing right now. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, there it is. You know what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It there it is. At the end of the day, it's what you do in March because I mean, you could be dominant the whole year. You can lose. You can not lose. You could be forty-one and zero. You know what I'm saying? You'd be thirty and zero. It only takes one game to lose. You know what I'm saying? So it's always the, just people got to remember it's always the first person to win what six games in March? Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of six. That's all that matter. You know what I'm saying? Like I understand, like you know what I'm saying? Like we we're gonna look the way we look sometimes, and people just I, I don't know. You know, y'all know how I feel about these overreactions. People got to relax a little bit, man. They got to relax. Matter of fact, you know what? I want everybody to look at me. Look at me. Look at me, Duke. <laughs> Duke Nation. Just look look at me in my eyes when I tell you this, and remember what I'm telling you guys, right? Shut the fuck up and stop overreacting all the time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, let these kids be kids. Let them play. You are not the fucking coach. You're not on the oh, staff. Man. John Shire is the coach. Let his staff do their thing. Just relax, man. All we got to do, just be a fan. Just support the team. If you don't want to support the team, go cheer for somebody else. It's too simple. It's too fucking simple, bro. Like, I don't know. I just, it's, it just bothers me that people are so quick to just criticize all the time. Like, sometimes you should just shut up, man, and just let these guys play. Because at the end of the day, just like you said, TK, as far as talent goes, we got it. You know what I'm saying? And if we're clicking on all cylinders, and obviously the, you know, the, the key word is if, but when we are, you know what I'm saying? It's not a lot of people that can beat us, man, and probably nobody that could beat us. They definitely can't out-talent us. So everybody just got to relax a little bit. And one more thing, too. 
Look at me again. Make sure y'all looking square, square in my eyes, right? When I tell you this, I'm gonna repeat what I said. Shut the fuck up and just support the team. That's it. It's all good. We good. Y'all relax, Duke Nation. We got this shit. We got some more coming in next year, and then a the year after that, we good. We good money. All right. I just had to turn it up a little bit. Y'all know I love y'all. It's nothing. It's like at the end of the day, it's never personal. Wrong with this. It's not, it's not never. personal. It's not personal. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all, I ain't gonna lie. Some of y'all, I don't like you, but it's okay. <laughs> you know what I'm it's all good. It's all good. It's no, it's nothing wrong with being positive, man. It's oh, nothing no. wrong with being positive. Nothing wrong with being positive. It's it's nothing wrong with that. When you live in a negative space so much, bro, like you just need to you just need to take a chill pill. It's all good though. I love y'all. Not all y'all, but most of y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad I had to pop in real late, man. You know what I'm saying? Duke Nation all the fucking way. I will never waver from that. I am a Duke man. I don't give a fuck what's going on. I will never change teams. I don't care if my team could go 0-30, which will never happen. I still will be rocking Duke Blue. I'm still going to rep Duke Blue. I'm still going to rep Duke, period. So I don't want to hear shit. And the thing, too, last point. I I, don't want to drag this. Last point, too, that people got to understand. Get him. This is fucking. This is not. Some other college, you know what I'm saying? This is Duke, baby. It's Duke. We the gold standard. You're gonna get everybody's best shot, and then if they happen to beat you, it's gonna be fucking magnified by 800. They gonna say, "Oh, we won, we won, we won, we won." Y'all can get mad at this kid for running. Was but was Burton? What's his name? Oh, uh, Hinton. Henson. Henson. What? His name what isn't I, even important. I don't give a fuck. You gave the rock right there. Don't get mad. Doesn't what your name is. It's, it's, it's literally older than me, and I'm multiple years at college. All I'm gonna say. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, if y'all don't want this kid to stand on the table, win the game. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah, hey, that's we, true. I'm that's not bashing. I'm, I will never bash no players, bro. I love all of y'all. I'm supporting y'all. I will support y'all to the death. It's all good. But Duke Nation, we gotta relax a little bit. We gotta chill. Y'all got me turned. Yo, let me go take, let me get my blood pressure medication. I'm about to fuck somebody up in this motherfucker. So that's all I wanted to say. That was that right there is I told you we need that to pop on for this segment. That that is an entrance right there. And I'm glad that we kept uh with the uh the, the topic of overreactions. Uh, I do think that Pablo makes a great point. Um, one that this one to me is, is always I, I know that we talked about it on our group chat. The one about the hindsight. The selective memory AC of fandom. It is incredible. The ones that that make me laugh the most are the, um, the the Quinn Cooks and Jeremy Roach. Like the we talked about that comparison a few weeks ago because it was trending yeah. on Twitter, on Duke Twitter. And um, the thing that it's proving more and more to not be the case. By the way, he's not Quinn Cook. Makes no sense <laughs> from a player perspective. But from the way that they treated those kids, it makes absolute sense because they mm-hmm. treated both of those kids for three years like trash. And now they are the epitome of what it means to be a four-year, five-year guy and sticking it out and doing all the right things and how everybody needs to be the next Quinn Cook. And now it's just shut up. Like, it, it like. Players one game with Jamie Rhodes going, and all of a sudden now he might be Jason Williams. Incredible. Play like Jay Will Train since day one. It, it is. It is. Hey, what have we been doing, man? I put the picture up. You know what that remind me of, PK? Was that what that remind me of? Like it remind me, and I don't mean to. I don't want to 
like I said, I, I don't want to bash nobody or whatever, but like Duke fans are starting to act like UK fans, bro. They too wishy washy, bro. They be on some. They be on some BS, man. Not all y'all. Like I said, I love y'all, but some of y'all I can't stand. I can't front. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I don't want to ride the roller coaster, man. I will not ride that roller coaster. I won't. Yeah, yeah it's, no. it's not worth it because at the end of the day, like we we say this every year, like you have to let the season play out. It doesn't mean that while the games are going on, I'm guilty as anybody. I told you that last week. That while the game's going on, yeah, I can I can ride the emotions and, and get get upset, but after the game, it's like, okay, let me just take a step back here and realize yeah. that it's a long fucking season. We had two guys that were out. We lose games in January every year. They're bad losses every year. It sucks, but we got to figure, figure it out. It there's no guarantee that we are going to figure it out, mm-hmm. but odds are we will. Yeah, no, nah, we definitely will. But it's crazy though, right? Because like, and that's what it just goes along with being Duke. You have teams in the top five all year lose two games in one week. You don't even hear nothing about it. Nope. You don't even, they Houston, don't even, stayed, they don't even, Houston stayed put in the top five after losing two games. And that's exactly who I'm talking about right now. Uh, <laughs> you know? to, your point, to your point, right before this podcast, I was, um, I had the, uh, I had ESPN on for the uh, Carolina Wake Forest game. And right before they talked about, that was Pitt's first win at Cameron since 1971. What? Like, 1979. Whatever, 1979. They've only been in the ACC for like it's all about um, we, we gotta we gotta wrap this thing up here. Um, Jack, this is your squad, Louisville Cardinals. No, it's not. Don't compare me. Don't as these clowns. I normally go to, I love you, Nolan. Go to AC for the uh, the breakdown of the team, but Jack, I mean, these are your guys, so I'll let you. No, they're not. They <laughs> suck. Um, Louisville has improved on their win total from last year. They are now six and twelve. Um, hey. Somehow Kenny Payne still has a job. Hey. Nolan Smith, free free Nolan. Um they're one in like six. They're they're the only team with only with less than two wins in ACC play, which should not be the case, but is regardless. Um yeah, I'm looking at their their team stats right now. Uh you know, they have Sky Clark. Sky Clark is a kid that Duke was talking to at one point. Um at one point, he followed me on Instagram. That was a that's a fun fact. He's also on what is it now? His third school, and he's a sophomore. Um, so there's that. They have a few guys. They have what four or five guys in double digits. But as a team, I think that's a second second school, right? Second school. Didn't he? Oh no, because he was signed with Kentucky, yeah, he, right? He signed with Kentucky. He never went there. He so signed, but he never went. That's Illinois what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Respect on his name, Jack. <laughs> no, he's, a good, I, I, he's a good player. Here's the thing, though. They're allowing about 78 points okay. per game. They're allowing 70. He would he would beat me 21 nothing in a game of 21. Absolutely. You that's the thing. I respect these guys' games. Probably not. I'm not that's all, man. I, I'm, um, I'm too thing. proud to say I we can't. One. <laughs> I, I will be very honest. I There are very few players I could probably even score on that are playing Division One basketball. Anyway, I'm good for one. Anyway. <laughs> I I might be good for one. There you uh, go. 
Anyway, here's the big thing. These guys shoot 32% from three. They've played 18 games, and they've made 107 threes. So they're making... You expect them to hit at least 18 of 20 tomorrow night. Nope. nope. Well, generally, yeah, but this is Louisville we're talking about. I have no respect for that program anymore. Jesus. Um, no, seriously. <laughs> look, 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 Louisville is a historically great program that has been run into the ground over the last two, two and a half seasons. And I think that's bad for the ACC. And that upsets me because I think I want the ACC to be good for many reasons, including I love the ACC and it helps Duke when it comes to their resume. Look, they have some good players. They have a really, really bad head coach, really poor defensive uh, metrics, and they can't shoot the three, but they shoot it anyway. So Damn. if Duke loses, I'm just not going to be on our next recording. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne, coach of the year. I can't be anyway because I'm going to be in Cameron, but we'll see. Um, coach of the year, Kenny Payne. Um, Pablo, we just got to win, right? Yeah. I mean, it's no prediction for me. You just got to win the fucking game, bottom line. And at the end of the day, I mean, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Louisville basketball, like a fan. You know what I'm saying? I always want them to do well. Um, they've had two rough seasons. Cool. I still, I believe in KP. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, I believe in Nolan. You know what I'm saying? I believe in some of their players. Like, I want them to do well. I really do. Just not against Duke. You know what I'm saying? That's that's Keep the bottom right. line. You know what I mean? So, I believe in Nolan significantly more than I believe in Kenny Payne. Yeah. No, I just I mean, wanted, I'm, I'm, for the record, I'm a, I love I'm Nolan. Always gonna show, I'm going to show love to, to all them cats, man. I want them to do well. You know what I mean? Shout out to Louisville. But um, we about to whip y'all ass. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm just being real. So that's not messing around today. Nah. Gun, guns blazing, baby. I'm coming from way downtown. Bang. Uh, AC, what do you got? Give me, give me I a mean, prediction. Give me a full on. No, I'll get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you two because it's, it just, there's, there's a couple contingencies here, right? So, number one, since people love making 14, 15 comparisons and Quinn Cook, Jamie Roach, all the other dumb shit, um, 14, <laughs> 15 squad lost to Miami at home, got blown the fuck out by Miami at home, actually, went and played a highly ranked Louisville team in Louisville the game after that and never lost a game again to anybody other than Notre Dame that season. So do we want to just make that comparison now and just say that's what's going to happen here? Louisville's going to be our Band-Aid and then we just went out the rest of the season because everybody wants to make these general comparisons and stuff. So there I you just go. did so that. My, I just did that comparison comparison. earlier in the podcast. I said, I hope this can be that. Jackson, I agree. Jackson, exactly. I agree. So I want, if you lose to Louisville and pit back to back, that's really bad. Here's my two predictions. It's with uh, Mark might not play again. Um, Jeremy Roach supposed to be playing with Jeremy. Mm -hmm. We win the game 68 to 57 without Jeremy closer game 65 to 58. There you go. Like it's low scoring. I think we'll keep it low. I think we'll play a little slower just to maximize guys minutes. And I think I, the other prediction I have is Sean Stewart. will get another 10 plus minute game. So there you go. All right, D. Yeah, I'm kind of with Pablo on the just fucking win train now. Like, um, I don't even want to make a prediction. Fully healthy, though, I will say, if Duke is fully healthy and they are clicking on all cylinders, target score is 80, 
I've said it for years. Target scores 80. Duke's tough to beat, if at all beatable, if they score 80 points. Um, <clears throat> other than that, just win. Just go out there and improve on some of the things that you lacked on against Pitt. Uh, the effort, the, the boxing out, the 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 silly threes. Like run, run some offense. Like run, hell, run the ball. You know what I mean? Um, just, but at the end of the day, just fucking win. That's fair. Austin, yeah. are you sure you're talking about Duke and not the Eagles when you say run the ball? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let it go, buddy. You know, you know what? You know what? TK, let uh, me say yeah. something real quick. Um, I'm real still quick. mad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles suck. I ain't gonna lie to you. I absolutely hate football, but anyway, we ain't talk about that later. Um, you know what? If you guys look at it, and I know it's like a coach's corner thing and shit, but you know what, Duke got to do though. What we got to get back to, you got to get back to pick and roll, running that short roll with Filipowski. They have like abandoned. I think that. we're saving it, bro. I think we're saving it like, for the last couple games, and I'm like, I think we're saving what is it. What's going on here? You know what I'm saying? I think you'll see I, it against Clemson. That was one of if we did Clemson tonight, we're gonna do it in another podcast. If we did Clemson tonight. Clemson plays kind of that that pack line ish type of defense. I think you'll I think you'll see it return against game. Clemson. Perfect that's for the short be, roll. That's gonna be yeah. a tough game. Yep. Yep. And I, I think you you'll, I think you'll see the short roll back for that game. I really do. Well, yeah. I think shit. I'm thinking you might see it against Louisville. They they kind of play a pack line ish type of defense too a little bit. Like KP kind of started doing that last year, and and Chris Mack before yeah. did that same thing. Like I, yeah. I really do. Like that's you a, might, like you said, you might, you really might see a couple possessions with it, it for sure. But we haven't seen it since Baylor. You're exactly right, and I think John's saving it. We know it works, so we don't need to use it right now. We've won games yeah. without it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Um, I think uh, that's so, where we're starting in. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So we'll um, we'll go up to Louisville. We're going to dominate that game. We're going to win that game, seventy-eight fifty-seven. I think that we, I think we have to. You know, take that mental toughness that I talked about earlier and kind of show it and say, you know what, enough's enough. I know we didn't have two of our, our top five guys. We're going to get one of them back tomorrow. We'll probably get the other one back against Clemson on Saturday. We'll be back before that. But until then, keep your head on. Keep, it, keep your head on straight. Support your damn team. I know it's not always easy. But at the end of the day, we all want them to win. So support them. Pam and Crazy, that means you. When things aren't going well, step up. Continue to hear it. Get even louder when things aren't going great. But we are all here. Go Duke, baby. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go Point Play Podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Patreon. Check us out on Instagram. We everywhere, man. We're all over the place, man. It's we in the building. Podcast. Patreon is free for now. Get it while it's free because it's not gonna be free for too much longer. All right, so we got some Stop stuff coming out. We got Duke, articles, man. we got coach's corner. We recording another coach's corner tonight, right after this podcast. So be there, man. Dang. Let's, Let's go, Duke. Duke. Let's go, Duke.